on this episode of EdTech, we look at OLED, AMOLED, as well as LCD displays in the education market. We talk about how companies who are now competing against each other are helping to drive innovation, and what is the impact of IoT in higher ed. All that and more, next on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 45, recorded Thursday, September 29th, 2016. Driving Innovation. EdTech is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Kramer Electronics. And welcome to EdTech, your monthly higher ed related uh, podcast. I'm Bill O'Donnell, your host. Uh, I'm joined with Ernie Bailey. Good, good morning. And Mr. Mike Tomei. Hey guys, how's it going? And uh, with us, we always have Tim in the uh, background. Uh, so first story, uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is by... It's it's a report on how the uh, LED mar- the LED d- displays have actually surpassed LCDs in the small to medium uh, display market. Um, Mike, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think um, the article is really touching on kind of mobile devices and how they're using the OLED um, uh, technology um, versus LCD. I think uh, if I'm correct, iPhone is still holding out for LCD, but um, but as far as you know, classroom displays and relating all that to um, to, to what we do, um, I, most of the displays I'm still specking are all um, LED displays um, in the classrooms. No real LCDs and definitely no plasmas anymore. Um, but uh, you know, the, the the whole OLED uh, um, concept to me is nice. Uh, you know, anything to get displays thinner. Um, I'm in support of, uh, you know, we always have to, uh, fight with the aesthetic qualities of classrooms and architects and, and, you know, wanting, uh, thin displays and smaller bezels and, uh, that oh, sort well, of yeah, thing. You have, um, you have like architects who always want to have, you know, oh, we want it to be flush against the wall and, yeah. you know, God, you know, God help us if there's uh, a display manufacturer, whether it's NEC or Samsung or what have you. Um, if they if they at least are, are smart enough to put it along the sides, which I've seen NEC most times uh, usually has like their HDMI and uh, all their other inputs along the sides. Yep. But if it's back, oh, you, better hope it. that the, you better hope that someone specced in a back box because otherwise you're just it's going to be it's going to be painful. Yeah, um, exactly. And and then the whole ADA standards of um, you know protruding objects from from the wall. Uh, you can only have four inches off the wall, and then you're out of uh, ADA uh, standards at that point. Um, so thinner displays is the way to go. Uh, are you guys then also, uh, when you're, or you can, are you trying to spec like, uh, well, in say Milestone's case, the uh, thin, the uh, thin stall mounts, or are those more uh, pain than they're, what they're worth? Yeah, I mean, if I can um, like physically recess a screen in a wall, like if it's new construction and I can talk to an architect and actually physically, uh, you know, uh, recess it in the wall, then that's uh, the easiest way to do it. But yeah, even the thin mounts, like you're saying, you ha- you just have no room behind these things for connectors, for uh, power 
um, you know, if, if uh, your outlet gets placed in the wrong spot and, um, you know, now you're, you're slamming up against the back of the mount and the display. Um, so, um, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about um, these boxes. You can kind of recess in the wall for power and data um, to, to take care of that. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, um, an interesting thing because uh, when I first started out in the industry, um, they would actually uh, a lot of times uh, we would actually specify in to the electricians uh, to put in a clock receptacle, and I went. And I remember looking at the first time, going, "What was this? The weirdest thing?" Yeah. And it, yeah, it's because it was a recessed um, single uh, single outlet, which was great if you were just hooking up the TV and you were you know running the uh, good old uh, RGBHV cable. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, these days it's, uh, you know, it's how much can we cram behind the wall? Um, right. Yeah. Uh, Ernie, any uh, any uh, comments? Well, uh, along with Mike there, you know, we're not putting plasmas or LCDs in classrooms anymore. We're putting LEDs. We have not gone to the OLEDs yet. Just, you know, I haven't seen those that fit in my budget uh, and you know that I could really justify putting in. We've been hearing this for years and years at Infocom. You know that we're going to be seeing these paper thin roll up TVs <laughs> that we can just uh, you know <laughs> tape onto the walls. And I think we're finally starting to see some of them come up that are getting close to that. You know they're much thinner. Oh, uh, finally, yeah. finally coming up to the promise they made us what ten years ago. Yeah, uh, I mean, at uh, Infocom this past year, I think uh, LG actually was putting out uh, how they had uh, wallpaper uh, style uh, LEDs. Um, although oddly enough, in that same in that same uh, booth, they were really hyping, "Hey, check out the curved displays!" And by that we mean, you know, you can make an archway out of these things. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. Why you would do that, I'm not really totally certain. But you can. <laughs> you can. There's always this this uh, push. With the uh, LEDs of you know oh it's gonna be it's gonna be dual sided or oh it's gonna be transparent I mean last year uh, at the NEC showcase uh, in New York uh, they showed a transparent uh, LED display now mind you it was uh, everything uh, you know you could see through the display uh, however everything around it was draped in more uh, pipe and drape curtain than you could ever imagine and yeah. they had you know you know it was one of those oh i wonder how this is working and you know they 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 were very nice about things but they said oh no no please don't touch <laughs> so you know you, you don't get no one gets to see what the wizard is doing there right. so, i'm sure there'll be cool uh, um digital signage applications for that sort of like curved or flexible screens but i don't know in, in the classroom setting right now i just um it's not yeah, justified it's, in my mind so it's not, not unless either. you're unless you're over at uh, unless you're over at like uh, the School of Visual Arts or FIT or something like that. I can. Yeah. It, it's kind of hard to imagine that. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So speaking of uh, displays and uh, <clears throat> there, as I say, and uh, the like, uh, Mill Atlantic uh, at Cedia actually displayed their uh, their their behind the display. Uh, well, they actually display. They actually put out their own wall box series. So. Um, <clears throat> You know, it's kind of interesting. You know, Middle Atlantic is, uh, you know, starting to get into the display mount, uh, the display mount, as well as the uh, recessed wall boxes. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Ernie, what do you, what do you have to say? Well, I haven't actually seen this box, but I'm a big fan of Middle Atlantic's above ceiling boxes, and this looks like they just turned it on its side, pretty much. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, their lever lock tools have been great, uh, you know, for setting things up. Uh, they, they think about how the, how our techs are going to be using this box and how they're going to have to get to things. Uh, so, you know, I like that. It looks like this box is big enough to work with. You know, I've gotten some of these boxes in the past and I try to put like a Crestron scaler inside it and it will fit, but you can't get any, you can't put your connectors on it. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've seen it where, um, uh, some folks go, oh, you can put all this into it. Yeah, if you have zero-point connectors or if you're using right-angle uh, HDMI plugs because yeah. those work so well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. this one looks like it's thought out. Like I said, Middle Atlantic usually does that with their products. So I would be interested in seeing this right now. Uh, we're just having a hole cut in the wall basically behind the TV and uh, recessing power and data and then give me room to run all my cables through it. So I like now, the, the yeah. protection for the equipment. Yeah, the thing I, I like about this is the fact that they actually integrated in their uh, their lever lock uh, technology. Yeah. And if anything, with Mill Atlantic, there's, ne there's never really a time where they've like rushed something out the gate. This is, yeah. this is something that obviously they've been looking at for a good while. They've been working it through. Um, I'm I'm liking the, the what they're going with, um, especially because they have a very well developed uh, power system with with their own Mill Atlantic pro power products and everything. Um, it's going to be interesting, mostly because uh, just from the features that are in it, it's different enough that you know you're, you're going to probably see some folks from Milestone looking and going, "Okay, how do we up our game with this?" Yes. Um, so you know it's it's a it's an interesting uh, back and forth um i'm sorry mike what's uh oh go ahead yeah 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 so i i um like these boxes all the time when i install flat panels <clears throat> i've been specking the the chief versions or fsr versions of these um for a while now and um it, it gives a, a great place for um to land your power outlet and data connections in there um the uh like ernie mentioned it, for a while there um, it was tough to get uh, a, a DM scaler um, into the smaller boxes, and especially when they they went up to this new 4K scaler, which is wider. Or oh, longer. the big candy bar. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah. so, uh, definitely uh, pay attention to like uh, your connector sizes, like you guys were saying, your cable bend radius. Um, just because the device fits in there doesn't mean that its power supply, you know, that its transformer will fit in there too. Um, mm -hmm. You have to cram a lot of things into these boxes, so I definitely like to spec the larger boxes. And you know, some people will throw um, an Apple TV in there if it's just kind of like a, a little huddle space type uh, setup, or uh, maybe put an Air Media in there or some other wireless uh, device. Um, so I like this Middle Atlantic box with all of these um, brackets and mounting plates that you you can put in there um, because that's always the hard yeah. part is. It's, it's nice because you can actually you can actually stagger it a little bit where you know yeah. you go all right here in the back here is going to be the uh, you know and, and I think you can see it in the original promo photo uh, in the back there's a little um, two uh, outlet surge prote protector and then on the top you could have you know say your uh, your your uh, air media or your solstice pod or whatever unit you know whatever yeah. wireless presentation uh, flavor you like yeah. Um, it's still hard to get to the equipment back there, though. Um, you know, if you're using, especially we were talking about thin mounts, if you're using a really thin 
mount, like just uh, say a, a tilting mount uh, on the wall. Um, sometimes it's tough to get to that equipment in, in a pinch. Um, so Ernie had mentioned the, the ceiling boxes and I've seen people installing those above the displays for their equipment and then running cables down. Um, so it's easier to uh, um, hop up on a, on a ladder and get to that equipment than try to get behind those displays sometimes to those boxes. So yeah, that's the, the, no, no, it's, it's very true, especially because yeah. um, in Mill Atlantic's case, um, I think a lot, it looks like a lot of times their products, while it initially looks cool, it definitely seems to have more of the, okay, we don't want our integrators to go completely insane trying to, you know, fit 10 pounds of you-know-what into a five-pound bag. Yeah. Um, so I, I can definitely appreciate it and understand why, you know, say, in, like, in Ernie's case, why we're doing uh, a ceiling box when it's you look and say, well, you know, can't we just put it in a back box? Well, we can, but it's a matter of, you know, how much uh, uh, how much uh, scraping and screaming and cursing do you want to do before you uh, you know get the uh, get the display off the wall? Because I will admit, right. uh, the thin stall mounts um, can be a real pain to actually get off the wall uh, yeah. if they're in static. Uh, you know, trying to get yeah. your fingers behind there, it's it's one of those you know you're you're kind of you're kind of you're, you're kind of reaching up and it's the um, it's uh, it brings you back to the days of you know. Uh, watching guys try to reach up into a vending machine and try to get the uh, the candy bar. Yeah, yeah so. that's exactly it. You're going to have a carpal tunnel by the time you're done trying to do yeah. that. So, so yeah. um, it's it's one of those things, yeah. like in our case, uh, we actually try to uh, spec the uh, thin stall uh, pullout mounts. So yeah. we, because it's just one of those things where here, we can still push it flush against the wall or push it as close to the wall as possible. But you know, if we have to do any service or anything like that, here it is, put it back in place. Have a nice day. Yeah, definitely much easier when that mount pulls out. Yeah, um, yep. yeah. We we actually we actually had a recent issue uh, with our contractor because we're renovating one of our oldest buildings, and uh, they decided to spec in 90-inch displays. Mm. And there's we only have a staff of maybe about four people, and I said it would take all four people for uh, for for them to take it off of a uh, tilt wall mount of a 90-inch display in case there's anything wrong. I'm like, can we just put this on a pull out oh we have to reinforce the wall and this and that and i went yes do you want to hire four additional people for for when this uh, this uh, display has issues <laughs> no, all right we'll go put in a, we'll if go you're put hanging a, a 90 inch pv you're probably going to have to uh put some enforcement in the wall anyway oh yeah right. no they they oh believe me they had to believe me we did the math uh the wall yeah. itself has to be reinforced to hold about 1300 pounds yeah. so you know the architects didn't believe it when i said you have to put a steel plate in they went no, we don't. I'm like, oh yeah. Here's uh, here's Chief's actual structural guidelines with this. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want, you can go have a structural engineer sign off on this. Yeah. So, they, they they quieted it up real quick after that. Yeah. On this box, going back to one thing you mentioned a while ago, is you know, uh, you say you know milestone. Some of the other people are probably gonna be looking at this saying, what can we do to up our game? I'm for anytime we see that because that that just makes it better for us uh, as users and integrators. Uh, oh, yeah. Be able to, you know, to if the if our suppliers are fighting with with each other to make the best product, we're gonna we're gonna keep getting better. better oh suppliers. yeah, no co competition definitely uh, definitely drives um, uh, uh, innovation. In that, I, I won't lie. Most for, for the longest time, I can remember that I've usually, if I've been an integrator or an end user, if it's a mount, it's probably been chief. If it's been a rack, it's probably been Middle Atlantic. Yes. Now, 
is there anything wrong with either one of them? No, believe me, they both do. They both make very good products, and they're very good at it. Um, but every now and then, it is good to have another company kind of come in and and say, "Well, this is how we do it," and we actually fa- figured out it's easier to do this than that. And all of a sudden, you know, everyone has to everyone has to up their game. Uh, unlike, uh, say, Biamp and uh, Crestron or QSC. Yeah. Cough, cough. Um, <laughs> I think in new construction. Um... You know, typically the electricians are the people that are are um, purchasing and installing this box uh, because a lot of it is is um, you know touching what they're doing with the outlet or uh, data connections, and um, the whole Legrand connection with Middle Atlantic um, electricians are um, they've been using Legrand items uh, for years. You know, maybe Raceway things like that, and um, they're probably pretty comfortable um, specking and buying that and getting good deals on it. So. Um, yeah, and if if yeah. anything, I've seen this is actually what's caused I think Chief did well not Chief uh, Milestone to do do uh, a partnership. Uh, I believe they partnered with Surgex. So if you've seen some of the new pack boxes, um, they actually have models where the uh, there's a Surgex uh, um, outlet strip built yeah. into the box. Yep. Uh, which you know saves time with everybody, makes life you know kind of puts uh, uh, the integrators a little at ease, and that you know, hey, instead of the uh, you know the two thousand dollar display taking a hit, it's the you know fifty dollar outlet that can be yeah. you know easily yeah. replaced. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that aside, uh, yeah, it, like you said, Ernie, it's a good thing when when I think uh, uh, you you have you know two big companies like this starting to kind of move into each other's realms, it's, it's going to drive uh, some innovations. Yeah. Um, so lastly, but not leastly, uh, the IOT, um, this is, uh, this is coming, this is a, uh, there's an article talking about, uh, obviously the internet <clears throat> of things. Uh, Infocom is, uh, has been talking about this recently and, um, you know, uh, uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm definitely not um, uh, an expert on um, this whole concept, but I, you know, people people talk about the Internet of Things. They talk about connection of uh, all these different devices um, to a network, but there's a whole other component of it is um, the collection of data from those devices, um, sensors in the devices, um, kind of sending data to um, uh, to these like you know storage sites, and and then using that data. Um, uh, in some sort of way. And um, the AV world has been kind of uh, embracing that concept for a while, um, trying to connect all of our equipment to, um, to <clears throat> networks and um, being able to, um, you know, do well, remote monitoring uh, and control and troubleshooting, that sort of thing. Okay, well, I, I think, yeah. um, it, to me at least, this the Internet of Things is kind of making people more aware of, you know, oh, you can you can have, uh, you know, you can have, you know, say your refrigerator hooked up to the network, which is, you know, unique. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the but, but the idea of it is this: is that um, I think it's really more of folks who are starting to understand um, more of, you know, there's there's going to be more metrics about things, and I know that's yeah. always been a, a, a wonderful world, uh, at least in the the higher ed world of, oh, where are the metrics on it? Oh, let's show this. Right. But it's making people more aware of it, in which. Um, you know, hey, you know, it, it could eventually start end up being that, you know, hey, your washing machine has noticed that you start doing heavier loads and this and that. Um, you know, these are the best times for you to do this, that kind of thing. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, which I think folks are going to start understanding, you know, how, 
at times how habit driven we are and um yeah. it's i know this is embrace the idea of data sharing um there's still all these privacy concerns you know so i think the tech world is definitely pushing for this internet of things um but the general public needs to accept the idea that um they're going to have a lot of devices that are oh, yeah. are giving um metrics back to somebody that's oh, um, yeah. no if if anything yeah. you remember um when like uh, things like you know at least in the northeast you had easy pass that came along in which it all all it is is just an rfid tag and a lot of people put up a big stink about it uh, reason being was that oh they're tracking when we're coming and going or yeah. oh the bigger bigger conspiracy theory was always oh if I go from exit seven to exit eight and I make it in you know uh, five minutes or anything they're gonna auto automatically issue me a speeding ticket did that, that ever happen no. that happened to my brother in Orlando really or, yeah oh, man. Orlando yeah he made it between two points two <laughs> paid the toll and the ticket he said yeah. he, wow he well, learned all right. To, Stop at the McDonald's on the way. <laughs> well, all I can say is, uh, um, I as I say, uh, up in New Jersey, uh, we definitely don't. Uh, uh, that that has never been enforced to my knowledge, mostly because I've made it down to uh, Central Jersey, down to practically Cherry Hill in uh, half an hour. So you know, not that I was, not that I was speeding, but I definitely wasn't. Uh, you know, I, I was definitely enforcing my lead foot. Yeah. So. But, you know, it's one of those things, like, initially, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, I'll be able to track you. And then cell phones came along. Oh, my gosh, everyone's be able to track you. Well, guess what? Everyone gives out information, whether they realize it or not. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things of, you're right, in that um, people have to understand that your habits, your uh, your your habits, the, the things you do, the, the actual transactions that you do, yeah, they're all going to be tracking because it's – it's marketing data, it's analytical data, and you know, folks are, folks want that information because it's it's part of how do we make a better product or how do we get this to where folks will will go for the, go for column A versus column B. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, as I say, I've I've gotten on my soapbox for a minute here, Ernie. <laughs> well, you know, we we laughed when we started putting some AV equipment on the network, you know, and why are we doing that? I remember. Really having a good laugh when I first saw a daylight screen with a network port on it. And I said, what are you going to do with that? You know, what data are you going to get back from your screen? Or what are you going to do? But we're actually polling screens, ask them if they're up or down now. You oh, know? so it wasn't like the Simpsons bit. Screen goes up, screen goes down, screen goes up. Right. No. Well, but I mean, we, we can now, if we, you know, if we get in a situation where we have a whiteboard behind a screen, and someone says, I want to use the whiteboard, we can say, is the screen up or down? Not send a false up that you don't need. Yeah. Say, Where are you right now? Uh, That's true. Uh, That's a, that's a good know, point with that. But, you know, and there's now no more of this, you know, did I turn the oven off when you get 30 minutes away from home? You know, you yeah. pull out your iPhone, hit a button, oven's off, garage door's closed, alarm is set. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, remember back is, in the uh, day when it was not the driver to be checking. But. <laughs> <laughs> back when um, we started throwing everything, all the AV equipment on the network, um, I, I don't think uh, higher ups really realized how useful it was until we could pull reports and say to them, "Look, you know, we're putting in all these, uh, say, uh, VCRs, 
and uh, they're being used for like five minutes a semester. So maybe we should pull them out. Um, you know, things like that. It's like, oh, all of a sudden it's worth it to put it all on the network and be able to pull all these stats and oh yeah, and no. monitor everything. Yeah. Yeah. No. If if anything with the GV, we actually uh, so we actually had to put in a, a lab for our chemistry department. And we're, we, we looked at everything and said, oh, we're going to pull uh, equipment from this room. And the uh, biology, or sorry, not the biology, the psychology department threw an absolute fit. And they said, no, 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 we need this room. We use it all the time. Yeah. And we went into GV and checked the uh, lamp hours. <laughs> lamp hours all have accounted for two hours, which I'm pretty sure at least one of them was for testing. So yeah, we're right. like, <laughs> you guys have never used this room. Yeah. So it's it, it it yeah. So part of the IoT thing, it is yeah. It's yeah, it's on a using scale, analytics. The yeah. Well, it's it's using the anal yeah. it's using analytics to to justify to justify the uh, justify the point and everything. Yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, we are actually uh, at a time here. Uh, Mr. Ernie, where can folks reach you at? Folks can find me on LinkedIn. So okay. The best way. Fair enough, Mr. Tomei. Yeah, LinkedIn's a good spot, but uh, as always, my um, my website is best. Uh, it's tomeiav.com. It's t-o-m-e-i-a-v.com. All right, and yeah. I'm Bill O'Donnell. You can find me on Twitter as well as uh, LinkedIn. So, and that brings, as I say, that brings the show to an end. This is Ed. Tech.